Welcome to week number one of our brand new series that we're kicking off uh, called Baggage. And uh, I'm real excited about this, this message series. I think it's going to dovetail really nicely uh, with the series that we just completed uh, in, in the book of James as we went through passage by passage in the book of James. And, and by the way, didn't Pastor Andy do a great job of just uh, helping us cross the finish line there? And uh, in fact, I, I, was, I was talking to one of the men in the church uh, recently and uh, actually texting uh, yesterday and, and, uh, and he, he actually said that as I was texting, I was like, man, it's good to be back. And he's like, uh, glad you're back. You know, Andy did such a great job. You should be gone more often. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But anyway, uh, uh, so we're starting out in baggage. Let me ask this question as we start out this series. How many of you enjoy travel? How many of you enjoy traveling? What's wrong with you people? I hate traveling. I, I mean, I really, I have to do a lot of it, uh, and, and it is a necessary evil to me. Uh, in fact, I tell my wife, Susie, this all the time, if it weren't for the Lord, I would never travel, uh, I, especially flying. I, I don't know, there's something about flying, the whole business of flying, it just bothers me. It, it really does. I, I think biblically, I, I get a little nervous flying. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. And I think there's a certain altitude that you get to, and it's like, hey, you're on your own, man. You're on your own. And, and so that's really true. There, there's something disturbing to me when the destination where you're trying to land is called the terminal. I mean, have you ever thought about that before? I mean, who makes this stuff up? This is not, this is not help peace of mind at all. Uh, we enjoy road trips, uh, our, our family, and I much prefer a road trip. Uh, I'll drive from New York to Florida, you know, just, just at any moment's notice, no problem. Well, there's, there is one problem, luggage. Uh, those of you who may not know me too well, uh, of course, I'm married, and, and my wife and I have three daughters, uh, 21, 18, and 17. Uh, we have a big SUV that doesn't seem like it's big enough uh, because... Uh, my, my ladies like to pack. Let me just put it that way. And, uh, and, and it's, it's a minor miracle that we can ever get the back shut when we go on a road trip, uh, something like that. And, and so I, it really got me thinking about this whole idea about baggage, uh, about baggage and, and really as an analogy for the stuff that we carry around. Generally, I, I like to carry as little as possible. There's just something about it, isn't it, when you, when you check your bag, for me anyway, and maybe I've got my little backpack or something. It's like all of a sudden I feel like this freedom. Like, oh, and I'm not going to see that again until my destination, until I hit the other terminal. Uh, but... Um, Here's the big idea as we start out this series, uh, week one here. The big idea is this. Your baggage is not based on reality. It's based on a lie. Using the metaphor of baggage, that we all carry this baggage around. And the, the, the big idea, your baggage is not based on reality. Every one of us has baggage. Every one of us has stuff that we're carrying from our past into our present and really if nothing changes, it's going to be in our future as well. That's why this series is so important. And, and, and I hope when we're done with, with week one here, we, we'll all not only know this for a fact, the baggage that we're carrying is not based on reality. It's based on a lie. But over the process of this week included, the next four weeks, as we, we talk about what to do with our baggage and what God wants to do with the baggage in our lives so that we can really put the past in the past 
instead of bringing it into the present and probably also into our future as well. That's what this whole series is really about. And so I wanna start off looking at that big idea, but let me start off by asking this question, where does baggage come from? Where where does this baggage that that, that we carry, these these heavy loads that we continue to carry, where where do they really come from? You know, we kind of accumulate stuff over the course of life, don't we? hurts and, and, and things like that. And, and I, I wanna give really five uh, places as we start off in this really introductory message in this series of where baggage comes from. And, and the question I want us to ask ourselves is this, what am I carrying around that God doesn't want to be part of the trip? What, what is it that I'm carrying around that God's saying, I don't want that to be part of your journey? I don't want that to be part of your trip. See, Jesus did not only die on the cross for our sins and resurrected three days later, Jesus also sacrificed himself to set us free from the baggage of life. To set us free from the baggage of life. So what am I carrying, what are you carrying that should not be part of the trip? Where does baggage come from? Well, first thing, I wanna give you five five places that I, I, I think is pretty clear and we'll look at in scripture where, where baggage comes from. The first is unfulfilled expectations. Man, there is nothing that will weigh us down more than unfulfilled expectations. It's baggage. What, what does this look like? When, when we expect this, but instead this happens, especially for men, do you know what the response is? Anger. It's where anger comes from, unfulfilled expectations. I, in my mind, imagined how this was supposed to go, and it didn't go the way I imagined, and I'm angry about it. It didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. Now I'm angry about it. Something that I wanted didn't happen. And this is really unfulfilled expectations, particularly, as I said, for men, it's anger, but but we could almost call it, this is the baggage of disappointment. Disappointment, and disappointment is no small thing. It comes from, most of the time, false expectations. But it's a very real bag that many of us carry around for years and years and years and years. In fact, the Bible talks about how painful disappointment can be. Look in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Disappointment makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so one of, the, one of the places that we pick up baggage is in unfulfilled expectations, which are often unrealistic expectations. Unfulfilled expectations. Here's a second place that we pick up baggage as a result of untreated pain. Untreated pain. We just kind of say, well, I'm just gonna keep moving forward and pretend like that didn't happen. Untreated pain. God wants to heal you and heal me of our pain. But the first thing, if God's gonna heal us, if we're gonna allow him to heal us of our pain, the first thing we have to do is this, admit that it's there. We can't pretend like it's not there. We've gotta admit that it's really there. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet of God and, and God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 6, 14. 
says, they dress the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. They're just, they're just kind of putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm. They're not addressing the real pain that's going on in this person's life. And, and you know what that causes? Untreated pain in your life and my life? Baggage. Baggage. And, and, and we've learned, I, I believe, especially in America, we've learned, and, and particularly in the Christian church too many times, we've learned the dreadful art of masking our pain. Because we come into church and someone says, hey, how you doing? And, and man, it's just like the wheels fell off this week. And we're like, I'm fine, I'm blessed. How are you doing, brother? <laughs> and we push it down, push it down, push it down. And it's almost like a, you ever take like an inflatable ball in a pool and you push it down under the water and say, okay, how long can you hold that underwater? Not very long. Sooner or later, what happens? It pops up somewhere. And so I believe for many of us, particularly as Christians, and it shouldn't be this way, we've learned the dreadful art of covering up real hurt. That's why I think it's so important that I like to say, here at Valley Christian Church, we have one rule. No perfect people allowed. We've all got stuff. We're all working on our stuff. We're all, we're all inviting God into our lives. Like, I, we can't do this on our own. We, we need your help, Lord. We're not here to play church, play like we're perfect. You, you know what I've noticed many times? People that come across as like they've got it all together, they're the ones that are hurting the most because they're masking the hurt. Untreated pain. Third place that we pick up baggage is unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays. Some of us have the baggage of delayed despair. Delayed despair. In fact, this, this, is, this is really important, particularly when it comes to anger. God, God realizes when things are unresolved in our past, he's like, don't, don't carry that into the next day. It's dangerous in my life, it's dangerous, the scripture tells us, in your life, when we carry pain over into the next day. It's dangerous, and, and not only is it dangerous, it's dangerous for us, and it's unhealthy for us. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Well, I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, same girl, different dress. You're angry. <laughs> You're angry. And, and what it says is literally this. The, God says, this is, don't let the sun go down on your anger, or your frustration, whatever you want to call it, because you give the devil an opportunity. It's like opening the front door of your house for anybody to walk in and do anything they want in your life right before you go to bed at night, just leaving the front door open. That's what anger does. You go to bed angry, you go to bed frustrated, you, you, you go to bed with unresolved yesterdays, it's just like leaving the front door wide open. Anybody who wants just walk in and wreck havoc in my life. That's what the scripture says. Do not give the devil a foothold. Because you know why? He's never gonna be satisfied with just a little bit in your life always wants more. 
unfulfilled expectations, untreated pain, unresolved yesterdays. And, and here's the fourth way that we pick up baggage. Unhealthy view of self. Just an unhealthy view of self. Self-image. Incredibly painful. You know, I, I grew up in a family uh, and I'm so thankful with, with loving parents, my, my mother and father. Just, just uh, my, my mother loved me till the day she died, uh, and, uh, and my dad does to, to this day. Uh, but I have three siblings. And, and as much as my parents love me, uh, my, my siblings did as much as they could to negate that feeling for me. And, and in fact, one of my, I have, I, all kinds of nicknames that, that have been tagged on me through the years. This, this is like the big one for me, unhealthy view of self. This has been the big struggle in my life, personally. And, and, and one of those things, one of my siblings, you know, they said this, Greg, you're just bizarre. You're bizarro. Well, that didn't make me feel good. When I was a little kid, I mean little, little, five years old, six years old, seven years old, my, my brother would be out front playing in the front yard. My sister would be doing something. You know what I'd be doing on a Saturday morning for hours at a time? Listening to classical music. Tchaikovsky, Beethoven. Then I got into jazz. Count Basie. And then, of course, Frank Sinatra. I love Frank Sinatra to this day. And, and my girls know almost every Frank Sinatra song ever because of dad. But I was just like music. I was just like a different kind of guy. And I got ridiculed out of that by my siblings. And, and then came the friends in school. And a whole nother wave of nicknames that were attached to me. When I was in sixth grade, they redistrict Wapinger Central Schools here. And I went to Gayhead Elementary for kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. And then they redistrict. In sixth grade, I went to Fishkill Plains. Only person that I knew that went to Fishkill Plains. And I got beat up every single day at recess by three guys. As soon as I walk around the corner, jump me and beat me bloody. And, 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 and I was so scared, I never told anybody about it. And, and my mother would be like, what happened? Why are you, the knees torn out of your, your jeans? Why, why are you bleeding on your knees and all this? I, oh, I tripped and fell. I tripped and fell. I just play hard, mommy, at recess. That's what I do. And, and, and you know what? That does something inside of you. That does something inside of you. Later on, I went into high school and I played football and ended up being quarterback and captain of the football team because I was trying to prove something that I wasn't what everybody told me I was. And all that, that, that God allowed me to accomplish on the football field and all, you know what? It didn't negate how awful I felt about myself because of some of these things that I just shared. And so it gave me an incredibly unhealthy view of myself. I, I don't know if any of you are thinking, maybe you're thinking right now I'm bizarre saying this. Or maybe you can relate. And, and it's, it's been baggage for me. It, it did something inside of me. And, and I'm just here to say that one of the greatest things that God ever did in my life was introducing me to my wife, Susie, in college. And he's used her to heal me inside from incredible amount of pain, unhealthy view of self. 
See, here's the thing. <clears throat> That's another story for another time. But here's the thing. God has a different view of you and I than we have of ourselves. He's got a completely different view. And if you're constantly living your life and the only assessment of who you are comes from yourself, you're in trouble. You're in real trouble. But because what you'll wind up with is an unhealthy view of self. Either undervalue or be blown up full of pride. One or the other. And so this, this baggage that we carry, it's not accurate. As I said before, the, the, the big idea, your baggage is not based on reality. It's based on a lie. And, and I remember in my own life, in this struggle, and, and uh, I'm not gonna say I'm over it, that I'm immune to it, even to this day. I think it's kind of an Achilles heel for me. But, but this unhealthy view of self, I remember one day God clearly speaking to me and saying, listen, this is what I want you to do, Greg. Because I was just so torn up about it. And by the way, this has been while I've been a pastor. And he said, I want you to just start believing everything that people say about you for the next week. And you just excuse everything you feel about yourself. I was like, all right, one week, one week. And it was amazing. Just... God, just one person after another, just in a way that just built me up over the course of seven days. He said, that's the truth. That's how I see you. That's how I see you. You have value. You're not worthless. You're not a punching bag. You have value. This is a real place for many of us where we pick up baggage and we carry it around from sixth grade, from seven years old, even when we're in our mid to late 40s, and we're just weighted down carrying baggage to this day. Romans chapter 12, verse three, put it this way. The only, I love this from the message, listen to this. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. In other words, the only way for us to accurately see ourselves is to understand how God sees us. And you know how valuable you are to God? Well, he gave his son for you. Jesus laid his life down for you. God bankrupted heaven to send Jesus for you and for me. That's how valuable you are. That's what God says. That's, that's how important you are to me. It's not what you feel about yourself. So God says that you and I really are valuable. And, and here's, the, here's the fifth way that we pick up baggage unrepented sin unrepented sin now when I say uh, unrepented sin uh, notice I didn't say unconfessed sin I, I didn't say unforgiven sin I said unrepented sin what does unrepented sin mean repentance means to turn around to stop and to go in the opposite direction that's what repentance means so sometimes we, we, we come together and we gather together uh, in, a, in a church gathering like this, church service, and, and we hear a message and, and something strikes us and, and it's, it's God's love and, and we're kind of overwhelmed by that and we've got some issues going on in our lives that we know shouldn't be there and we're like, God, forgive me. And he said, I do. I do, bang, just like that. And, and we feel so good and, and then we go out the next day, or later that afternoon, and we just walk right back into that stuff again. And all of a sudden, we're just like, oh, it doesn't even feel like how it did. It feels even worse. You know why? 
Were we forgiven? Absolutely. But we haven't repented. We, we hadn't let the baggage go. We haven't dropped those bags. We were like, God, forgive me. He's like, I do. Drop the bags. But I just want to keep carrying them. Unrepentant sin. It's baggage. Baggage that we continue to carry. Because we never, what is repentance? We never made a life change. We never made a life change. In Psalm 32, listen to what David says. This is pretty interesting. When he, when he had sinned, listen to what he says. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Wow. That, that's some baggage. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Selah. That, that word selah is a, he, a Hebrew word. And what it literally means there is think about it. It's kind of like pause and reflect. Selah, think about it. Pause and reflect. And he's like, when I, when I think about the unrepentant sin in my life, you know what it was like? My bones wasted away through groaning all day long. Inside of me, just, oh, oh. Baggage. Baggage. So what can we do about all this stuff? Well, what, what can we do about all this stuff? I want to show you my favorite part of traveling. I want to talk to you about my favorite part of traveling. You know what it is? Check baggage. Check baggage. God's saying, it's time to check the baggage. It's time to go up there, put that big old suitcase up on the scale. Hopefully it doesn't go over 50 pounds. It's a fine art in the Williamson home. We have our own little scale that we use, and we can get that to like 49 pounds and like seven ounces, and like, whew, we did it again. And then you know what they do at the airport? What do they do? Your final destination is Atlanta, like where we just were. I put that sticker on there. Gone. Goodbye. Our, our family loves to go to Disney, and one of the things that, that we do when we go down there uh, is uh, we get on the Magical Express. It's like a, it's a bus that you have to do ahead of time that takes you from the airport to Disney. So, so we go to White Plains Airport. We turn in our suitcases. We check our baggage. The next time we see them is in our room. How awesome is that? Checked all the way through to the destination. And, and, and that's what God's really saying to you and to me as we're starting this series in week one here is check the baggage. Let it go. I want you to check the baggage. And, and this is the verse, this is the passage I want to look at that's going to be kind of our theme for the next four weeks. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. This is what it says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. See, we've got to fight this baggage. We've got to fight this stuff that we've accumulated, that we've picked up in our lives. Look at what it says. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. Now, now, let me just say this. Everything that I've just talked about, those five different ways that we pick up baggage, those are spiritual problems. And you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural remedy. It's impossible. We'll try to cover it over. We, we try to cover it over with the bottle. We try to cover it over with the pills. 
We try to cover it over with the porn. We try to cover it over with the needle. We try to cover it over with all these other things. But you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural solution. The Bible says we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish to, uh, to demolish strongholds. Strongholds in the New Testament, this is a Greek word that really means like baggage. The, to demolish baggage, to demolish strongholds. Baggage is a spiritual problem and you cannot fix a spiritual problem with a natural solution. The, 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 that word right here, strongholds, that's why I had it highlighted. What, what it, the word actually is in the Greek, let's go next slide and we'll show you what it is. It is this word right here, and I've been practicing this, and I still don't think I can say it correctly, okay? It's okaramhaha. Say that with me, okaramhaha. You can't either, so I feel better. I can't say it. But what it literally means is this. Listen, what is a stronghold? This is a Greek word, stronghold. The Greek language, the original language in the New Testament is incredibly specific. And what this word stronghold means is this. Watch this. A prisoner locked by deception up in the head, living life by something that is not true. That's what a stronghold is. That's what a stronghold, living life locked in deception, living life by something that is not true. And and so as we're starting out this series, so important, the big idea, your baggage is not based on reality, it's based on a lie. And, And until we understand that, we can't begin to use these spiritual weapons that God's given to us that we're gonna be talking about over the next few weeks to demolish this deception in our lives, the things that are not true, the baggage, the strongholds that we continue to carry around. So what can we do about all this stuff? What, what, how, how do we really uh, handle it? We have to check those bags. And for the next four weeks, what I've been praying, leading up to this, and as I said, I, 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 I've been thinking and praying about this series for years, literally. Just God, when is the right time? I believe this is the right time. Over the next few weeks, what you're gonna hear is gonna be truth. That's my promise to you. Because you know what? We're gonna go to God's word. This is the truth. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is this. Let God be true and every man a liar. What does that mean? What he says is the truth. Not what I feel. Not maybe what my siblings told me when I was younger. Not not the, the bullies on the playground. What God says about me. That's the truth. What God says about you. That's what truth really is. And so we're gonna go to God's word and we're gonna discover the truth that combats all of these lies, all of this baggage that, that, that we've heard, and maybe even some of us continue to hear, and how we can really demolish the strongholds, no longer to be a prisoner locked by deception. Look at, look at the next verse here. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five. We demolish, look at this, arguments, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What are we talking about? Truth and knowledge, who God really is in our mind, in our understanding. And we take captive, where's the battle? Every thought. It's right here. 
It's in our minds. The baggage is in our minds. We take, every, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ because a lie cannot stand before the truth of Jesus Christ. And so that's what this series is, all, all, is gonna be about as we walk our way through it over the next uh, few weeks. I wanna give you a few more scriptures just, just to really kinda, I, I guess you put it this way, like saturation bombing right now, using some of these spiritual weapons, just the truth of scripture, just, just and, and what I believe is this, even as we look at these next few passages, I, I believe all of a sudden, you know what, some, some of the bags are gonna start dropping. Some, some folks are gonna, are gonna walk out of here saying, I don't want that anymore. I'm gonna drop those bags. I'm tired and I'm worn out. Romans chapter 12, verse two, it says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, how? By acting different? No. Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. By allowing God to change the way that you think. That's how we drop the bag. That's how we check the bag, say, I don't want them anymore. I'm letting go of those things. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 through 23, it says, you were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, lies, lies, it's being corrupted, to be made new in the attitude of where? Your minds. In the attitude of your minds. We need to be made new in the attitude of our minds. How? By allowing the truth of God's word to change the way that we think. And here in John chapter eight, verse 32, Jesus put it this way, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Who was he talking about? What was he talking about? It's not a what, it was a who. Himself. Jesus said, you're gonna know me, you're gonna know the truth of how God feels about you. It's gonna bring you freedom. It's gonna bring you freedom. And so, just, just three truths, even for our time in this introductory message. Three truths that we can already begin to drop some of this baggage. Here's the first one. God still loves me. God still loves me. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who you've been with. God loves you, and there's nothing you can do to change that. That's the truth. That's the truth. Let me put it this way. <clears throat> I was thinking about this. <laughs> just, just indulge me for a minute. If God had a refrigerator, there'd be a magnet with your picture on it. <laughs> That's how God feels about you. That's how God feels about you. If, if he had a magnet, there'd be a picture. A refrigerator, there'd be a magnet with a picture of you on it. When we begin to understand just how God loves us, you know what it does? It changes us. It, it, it changes us not to, to be crazier and act wilder and go in the opposite direction. It draws us to him. It draws us to him. That's why the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Not, not the fear it's the goodness of God. And, and you know what? When I think about it, I began to understand a whole lot more 
about God, the Father, when I became a father, when I became a dad. Yeah, there's sometimes, you know, when our kids were young, they just drive me nuts. But I never stopped loving them. I never stopped loving them. And, and I didn't love them because they were perfect. They, their times are just going crazy. And I'm like, this is chaos. But I never stopped loving them for a minute. There's sometimes they're like, uh, one of our daughters in particular, it, it took o- only about seven years for her to warm up to me. And uh, um, I, I don't know why, but like every time I pick her up, she'd go, mama, 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 mama. I was like, really? Are you serious? Do you know who I am? Well, I, I'm just so pleased to say I, I've got an incredibly close relationship with all three of our girls today. I had to work, at, work for that one. Sure did. But, but I just began to understand so much more about God's love for me when I became a dad, when I became a father. God loves you. I like to say it. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. That's called unconditional love. That's perfect love. John chapter 3, uh, actually John 3.16 is probably the most quoted verse in all the Bible, right? We, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I, I love how the message translation puts that. It's real earthy, real contemporary language. Look at what it says, John 3.16 and 17. This is how much God loves loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one needed to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Anyone. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done or what's been done to you. Anyone. And it goes on and says, God didn't go to all this trouble sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help. New King James Version of this says, John 3, 17, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came to help. And for the sake of our study over the next few weeks, we're gonna be focusing on what Jesus did. He came to help us drop the bags. Drop the baggage that we've accumulated in our hearts, in our minds, over our lives. God still loves me. Here's the second truth. God can free me. God still loves me. God can free me. Again, in the translation of uh, the Bible, the message, it's a little longer, but I, I, I think it's just, it makes it so clear. Romans chapter eight, verses one and two, it says, you no longer have to live under continuous, low lying, black cloud. Listen, have you ever met anybody that this would describe them. I I know Christians, it's like when they walk in, it's like a black cloud is over their head because they're so weighed down with the baggage of life. That's not what God wants. That's someone who's living a defeated life. That's, That's not why Jesus died. He says, you no longer have to live under a continuous low lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, and that's what this series is all about. Like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air, 
freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. Brutal tyranny, That's, what a description of the baggage that so many of us carry. It's like brutal tyranny. Just, just still causing us pain and heartache years and years and years, decades later. That's not the life that God intends for you and for me. You know, I hear that sometimes people, they come into one of our, our gatherings and, and uh, one of our services and it's amazing how many times I've heard a first time visitor say something like to this effect, you know, I don't know what it is about this church, but it's like a breath of fresh air. That's what it's supposed to be like. That that's someone who, for the first time, is coming in contact with the life that God created them for. Not, not a perfect life. It doesn't mean there's not hardship. That there, there's not difficulty. There's not challenge. There's not trials and tests, as we learned about in the book of James. God's, God can even use those things in our life for the best, to bring positive results. But it's just like, breath of fresh air. That's what God's intention is for every one of us. That we would drop the baggage. God still loves me. God can free me. And here's the third truth for the sake of this message. And this will be enough for now. God will restore me. God will restore me. Now now listen. That is not just in the sweet by and by. That's in the right here and now. That, that, is, that is not just for one day when we all get to glory. That's for right here, right now on this earth. That's the truth of scripture. God will restore me. In Psalm 71:20 puts it this way. Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Who wrote that? Well, David. King David, that God said, he's a man after my own heart. David wrote that. You will again restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Bring me up. God will restore me. And for the sake of this message, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but for the sake of this message, as I draw it to a close right now, I want to ask this question. How can I experience God's love, his freedom, and restoration in my life? How's he going to do it? I I don't have the answers to everything, but, but this is the one thing that I know that I've experienced in my own life that has been so monumental and powerful in helping me drop a lot of baggage through the years. How can I experience God's love, his freedom and restoration in my life? One word, relationships. Relationships. Relationships are what causes so much pain. And God says, you know what? I'm gonna use relationships to show you my love, to bring freedom into your life, and to bring restoration in your life as well. In fact, I'm convinced of this. God does everything through relationships. 
I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I got over all my stuff when I isolated myself from everybody. No. You just walled yourself in underneath all those bags. Still the same. And and relationships are so key. And, And and, and that's really why uh, we, we work hard here at Valley Christian Church on relationships, particularly in what we call our small groups, our small groups. And coming up this Sunday, we have group link. And, and this is where we just, we just believe people grow better in circles, face-to-face, sharing their lives with one another, sharing their struggles, being there for one another, then sitting in rows looking at the back of people's heads. And, and it's risky, because the very thing that brought us so much hurt in our lives, God says, I want to bring healing to the same vehicle, through relationships. And I encourage you, if you're not in a, in a community group, come on out Sunday night and, and come to Group Link and just, just meet some of the leaders and, and just see if there's one that fits you real well. It's made all the difference in my life personally. And I know, see, just because of what I shared already in this message, as soon as I get in the car and drive home, it's like the dam is gonna break and I'm gonna feel so insecure and so uptight because I shared some of my struggles. But then I'm gonna remember something. Y'all all didn't turn your back and walk out on me. And see, God used you to bring more healing to me. That's the truth. It's relationship. It's people. Let me end with this quote from Lou Giglio, a great pastor in the Atlanta area. Uh, He put it this way. Your proximity to Jesus through his word, that's the truth we're gonna be looking at, and his people, relationships, align life around what matters most and your place in it. God's word and relationships. That's how we find, really, it aligns us in this life around what matters most and we discover our place in it. I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray as we just uh, close this message about check baggage. Father, Lord, for some of us, I believe just even the truth that we've looked at during our time right now, it's allowing us like, we're we're starting to let go. We're starting to release. Our fingers are slowly starting to pry open and we're we're beginning to drop some of those bags, the, the baggage we've been carrying. Lord, I ask your Holy Spirit just to come in and give us courage. Courage, Lord, to believe the truth of your word no matter what the the lies and the strongholds are in our minds. And Father, as we work through this series on baggage, God, I pray that your word would be a light to shine the truth into our lives, into our minds, and show us every lie that we believe and that we'd be released from that deception and walk in freedom just as we're gonna look at in the next few weeks, the Bible says it was for freedom that Christ died to set us free, that we drop the baggage. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.